You've got a passion for the outdoors, a desire to feel the warm sun on your face, the sound of your fly line whipping through the air, the pop of the water as the fish inhales the fly you just found in the floorboard of your truck. You need to feel the cool waters on your feet, the crisp north breeze of a November morning, the sound of a turkey gobble, the December rut, the chills of an elk bugle in September. It's the longing passion to chase your obsession. This is what we share. This is what we preach. Welcome to Honey Hole Hangout. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What's up, guys? It's been, it a, it's been a minute since we've been together. It has. It's been a couple weeks. We've all been vacationing. Well, almost all. Kind of. But you've been pretty active according to your Instagram. Well... That's what Instagram is for, is to make yeah. it seem like I live a cool life. <laughs> that's, that's what we all use it for, right? Fight the sadness. <clears throat> Before we get into all of our adventures, uh, Zach Adair, what are we drinking today? Well, who, who are we? We're Honey Hole Hangout. We're a podcast of three friends. We have myself, I'm Landon, and we have Zach Squared to make it confusing. We have Zach and Zach. They're spelled differently for some reason. Yep, one with an H. With a K. One with a K. You know, legally, like on my birth certificate, it's spelled with an H. Ooh, you just being like a little... Uh, He's been a little rebel. Yeah, rebel? I don't know, dude, I don't know. Like, my name is Was Zachary. Was that your parents? I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, it's been like that ever since I can remember. Mm-hmm. My name is Zachary, spelled with an H, but when I... Like, I don't ever get called that. I get called Zach. Are you also a Zachary? Yeah, with an H. With an H. Yeah. So, we can make it even more confusing and spell our names identically. Yep. I'll change my last <laughs> name, too. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. I don't think we need to do that. Yeah. I'll change Good. It. I mean, Harris, right? That's right. Could, never mind. <laughs> Forget it. Forget <laughs> it. I'm a little rusty on this podcast It's thing. okay. Well, you know We're what? also that's almost to the bottle of wine, and we've well, barely even started. Exactly. Zach needs to catch up a little bit with the wine. No, no. <laughs> no, I have to try. I could use a top no, off, no, though. No, 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 no. I had no. a gallon of Red Bull on the way here, so I'm like upper and downer kind of situation. Haven't you ever heard of Red Bull and Rosé? <laughs> no, <laughs> I haven't actually. <laughs> you love it? Oh, fine. Come on. You love it? You haven't had a refill yet, so there you go. Well, I haven't gotten to the point of needing a refill, so I just yeah double tanked it. So make sure you just check that real quick. I will. That's my specialty. Oh, I know you will. Yep. You and my dad got that in common. <laughs> <laughs> so, Adair, what are we drinking? We are drinking. Well, it's a freaking hot as hell right now. And so I figured we'd go with a rosé because they are known for being easy drinking, nice little summer drink. Oh, oh, it's it's happened over there. Oh, gosh. There's no more. <laughs> we the Rosé's gone now. Uh, oh. <laughs> 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 we didn't mean down the hatch. We just meant like you right. know, take a take a sip every once in a while. Right. I'm not as classy as you guys. There you got to go. explain things further. Exactly. <laughs> if you say to chug it, it's going. It's yeah. gone. We never yeah. said chug it. Those we words did didn't come Somebody out. Somebody said it. No. I could have sworn. <laughs> 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 so the one we are drinking is called the Liberation de Perry, and uh, it is a rosé. It is a dry rosé. Uh, let's see, what kind of grapes are in here? <coughs> so, uh, I don't know. Sometimes they say it, because, you know, a rosé t- traditionally is a lot of white grapes and a little bit of, um, like a red grape to add some color and add a little bit of dryness to it as mm-hmm. well, right? But they're good. This one's cool. It has, um, 
Some soldiers. Did you pick it up at Specs? I did. Yep. And it was like twelve or thir- yeah, twelve bucks. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. I like rosés. They're easy drinkers. It, exactly. And when right. it's hot like this, it's like the same as drinking like a Dos Equis on a hot day. Right. And so I'm just like, okay. I I don't agree. I With think Dos Equis is a lot more refreshing. This was good. I liked it, but mm. I don't I don't think I could do have what I just a, did again. Have you ever had enjoyably. a spritz? A what? A spritz? Explain. Man, we need to, you need to get cultured, man. Right. I drink, I drink beer and beer <laughs> accessories. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, wine spritz is wine, some sort of sparkling water, some, sometimes even Sprite with a little bit of lime. You, I mean, there's a million different ways to make one, but they're, like, super refreshing and a good pool drink. Gotcha. Maybe we'll make one. You Unlike know. rum, right? Rum is a good pool drink. You just got to really limit and watch how quickly you're drinking it. Yeah. You know. Rum? Yep. Why? Wait a minute. Well, you weren't there, but no. I went to a birthday party yep. for, for my co-host Actually, here. Actually, I feel like I've heard this story from and somewhere. someone was trashed. By 1 o'clock. By 1 o'clock. Because I woke <laughs> up at 7 to start smoking a, to start smoking a pork butt. <laughs> okay. Yep. And when I woke up at 7 to start smoking, I cracked open the rum, a brand new bottle of rum, and a brand new big old jug of passion fruit juice. What's your favorite rum? Uh, the one that I was drinking that day was Papa's Pilar, Kay. because it was named after um, Ernest Hemingway's boat, the Pilar, mm. and we bought I it. I saw Ernest went Hemingway's house. Yeah, see, we bought it in in key in the Keys. So, interesting. Um, well, I saw his Montana house. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. he had a Key West house as well, and they have a distillery, a rum distillery that's pretty close by, mm. and so I bought it there. Cool. Um, but it's it was good. But yeah, no, that was you know mistakes were made. But also, it was a learning experience. <laughs> so, yeah. it was fun. Yeah, we can't give Zach rum. Not yeah. anymore. And I'm no longer allowed to bring spirits to my mom's house. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> house rule, huh? <laughs> house rule. <laughs> Beer and wine, a okay. Anything harder, stays at the door. <laughs> well, due to how much fun we had on our last episode playing uh, Rank the Flies uh-huh. without knowing what comes next. And without knowing what the rules were. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't yeah. even know we were competing, actually. It, exactly, right? We were discussing it as gentlemen uh, before. I I We have a new list of five. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, here are the rules for this one. Okay. These are flies that were effective on my Smith River trip. Okay. Oh, I'm not going to know any of these. And to... Oh, you'll know what the flies are. You can still go with a gut check. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Also, to give you guys a little bit of context to maybe make you give a little bit more thought provoking, we had high ish muddy water. Okay. Okay. So you can use that information as you will. So are we one flight at a time? We have to lay and we have to give them a number one through five. Without knowing what fly comes next on the list. Are we rating these flies? As like okay, these are the flies that that like caught this the is most. The order that this is I the, would want to fish these if nope. I went to the Smith River. This is muddy. the order of I will give you guys the actual answer based on my personal experience with that fly. With uh, okay, so amount we get of to fish caught, our opinions to what actually happened to uh, me on the river. Oh, okay, 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 that's a cool ring. Oh, like, thank you, thank little, you, little bass. Like it's eating your knuckle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Eat my knuckles. <laughs> Jeez. All right, come on. Okay. Come on. Fly number one. Yep. Hare's ear nymph. Uh, what size? Mm. Big. 
It's high muddy water. Okay, and again, we're it. rating this according like how however like all right. Well, how successful I was on the trip with these flies. I will rank them by in the order of which I caught the most fish to the least fish, but I caught fish on all of these flies. Okay, and yeah. are we ranking them to Separately? try to match your rank? Are we yes. ranking them as far as what we You're trying truly to match think. my my oh. my list. Are you taking notes? Yeah, I'm gonna have to nerd? put my order in here, right? The first one's the hare's ear. Hare's ear nymph. Okay. Rank it one it's through five. five flies. You can't remember five. Anyway. Mm. Wait. Oh, should we hide it and then tell you, about, like, and flip our card? You have a card? No, but we could. No, no. You guys don't have to do that. Okay. All right. Hare's ear. It's not ear. like trivia, so. Hare's ear. I'll put it at four. What? Okay. Can we? Are we allowed to ask what color? Normal hare's ear color. Well, there could be different colors. They're tan. Know. Yeah, tan. Okay. The color of a hair. Color of a hair. So Adair is going with four. Yep. Okay. Harris? You know what a hair's ear is, right? Yes, I know what a hair's okay. ear is. Just making sure. Okay. There's one fly on here you guys might not know. I think a hair's ear. I'm going to have to put it. You were in muddy water, you said. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it at five. Okay. That's not bad. I almost thought about putting that yeah. five. If we're going with a uh, an, like an original and I'm telling you guys, hair's I, ear. I caught all. I caught fish on every single one of these flies. Okay, and okay, one more question. All of them are natural colors, not any any dyed, because you can have an olive hair's ear if you wanted to. You know what I mean? Like they're all natural. How they how they're originally purple. tied? Yep. only purple okay. hair's ears. Only purple. Got it. Okay, <laughs> number two, the next fly mm-hmm. is black woolly bugger. Oof. Two. It's hard. It's hard not to put that one at one. I don't believe Landon fished a woolly bugger that much, so I'm going to have to say two. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Zach on this one. I'm going to go two as well. Okay. Now, wait, orange woolly bugger. <laughs> uh, San Juan worm. One. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, San Juan. Ooh, I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. It can be interchanged with a squirmy worm because sometimes yeah. I fish the traditional San Juan. Sometimes it's so we'll just but call for it the, the pur- same thing. But for the purposes of this, I'm combining them into a worm. Okay, we'll just say the San Juan worm. I'm gonna put that as a three. So what I have: Woolly Bugger two, San Juan three. If you to were taking notes, you'd remember. Your, I don't need to take notes. I just remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting mine. I'm putting the worm at five for me. Okay, so if three for Harris and five for Adair. Yeah, just because I don't want to be left with one and five for the last two. Okay, <laughs> uh, next is a Pat's Rubber Legs. Oh, uh, hmm. I'm saying one. For yeah, I was going to go boy. one with that one. It's hard not yeah. to. I'm saying one. Okay, both of you guys are putting that at number one. Mm-hmm. Okay, and last but not least is a zertle bug. What the hell is that? Oh, okay. I, I know what that is. A zertle bug is a Pat's rubber legs that has a rabbit strip running down the back with a rabbit strip tail. So it's exactly a Pat's rubber legs, Pat's rubber legs with a rabbit strip yeah. down the you back. You know, I regret my number one because that puts it at number five for me or four. At four. Okay. That puts it at number three for me. Yep. I think that What's one. What's it called? I think that one produced a zertle bug. Zertle bug. I didn't even know what it was until this trip. I've heard of it before. Damn. That's okay. Let right. me. Who wins? Okay. Who wins? So I'll us. walk you guys through my list. So okay. 
You mean to work forward, back, or back forward? You're top forward. to bottom. Yeah, we're top, top to, to bottom. bottom. Okay. Number one for me was the Zertle bug. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Carson. <laughs> that happened last week, too. Number two for me, which you both got correct, was a woolly bugger, black woolly bugger. All right. Nice. All right. So and I'm we winning. were fishing them under indicators, mm. not like oh, the traditional yeah. method. Okay. A lot of people do that, though. Yeah. Um, number three for me was the Pat's rubber legs. Oh, uh, so we flipped those okay. two. Okay. Uh, number four for me was the San Juan worm ah. slash squirmy worm. Nah. I got that. that. That's off for me. Damn, so we like tied kind of. And number five With the hair's ear. was the hair's ear. So how many? I see I got. We both got one right. <laughs> <laughs> we both got one correct. Yes. So, but if we look at how close we were to the actual number, and then we take the average of those and we twist them around three times, <laughs> then technically, I'm, I'm, let, closer. I'm gonna let you do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you guys nailed the woolly bugger. Uh, the zertle bag, <coughs> the zertle bug in this example was the unknown because I didn't even, I had never fished one before. Um, but basically, with the high ish muddy water, it was like flies that were big. Bulky could be easily seen because of what the river looked like. So that's kind of why I put the pats up top. Yep. Mm. Thinking, okay. Yep. Yeah. And, like, and I did catch fish on like traditional pats, but it wasn't as deadly as like the zertle bug mm. or the black woolly bugger. Gotcha. So, and I also caught fish on like throwing chunking streamers traditional too, but like the, the nymphing was like definitely. All the biggest fish, as weird as it is, all the like a lot of guys committed to throwing streamers a lot. And I even on day one, I was like, I'm gonna chunk streamers. Um, and then on day like five, I committed for like a long period of just like traditionally chunking streamers. And on part of day three too, but of shorter part. And like we would catch fish doing that, but like all of my biggest fish were nymphing. And mm. everyone else on the trip too, all of their biggest fish were nymphing. Mm. So um. Yeah, it was definitely a different lineup than my last trip down the Smith, for sure. I didn't fish any of these flies mm, on my last, last trip. Time. Yeah. yeah, but because of the way the water was, you know, improvise, adapt, overcome. And you were with a guide, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But oh. even with the guides, too, it was kind of like, you know, like kind of a guessing game and figuring it out. Yeah. And even, like, there were a lot of times where I'd be like, hey, let me see your fly box, you know, kind of pick through it. And pick a fly, I think that might work. There was a lot of that going on, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just because it was kind of like unknown, not unknown territory. Like, those guys have done a lot of trips down the Smith, but it's just like when it's high, muddy water. Everything's a guessing game. Yeah. It's not as easy as, like, just chunking a Chernobyl ant yeah. with a hair's ear dropper and hammering fish all day. So... Um, well, guys, you guys were closer this round. We were. I put rules to it, and you guys were closer. And we understood more. You know, but I kind of liked yeah. last week's better, where I just gave you guys five flies, and you had to rank them <laughs> without any prior information. Yeah, I'm sure you enjoyed that. <laughs> An F bomb still got dropped though. So, yeah. so yeah. anytime there's competition, I'm gonna drop at least one. <laughs> just so you know, at least one's going FYI, it's coming. Okay, so we've all been pretty busy. Mm-hmm. 
Who who wants to go first and like talking about their adventures? Mm. Zach can go first. Okay, Harris. Which one? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Harris. What's up? Okay, you've been busy. Yeah. Or well, pretending to be busy. Yeah. Looking like you're busy. <laughs> Looking like you're busy. One fish a weekend is not that busy. Just so you know. What? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> well, wasn't that a thing where like it was like looking like a fool with the pants on the ground? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Your lady, yeah, caught her first carp. Yeah, she did. It okay, was cool. walk us through it. Were uh, you being the guide, or was this on her own? Well, I mean, obviously, I'm. I was kind of the. I don't want to say guide because I'm. You know, I don't want to say I'm like any good at it, but yeah, I was helping her along and yeah. teaching her kind of the, the way to do it. You were the guy. I was the guy. Guy. No D. Yeah. yeah. Duh. No D. No D. <laughs> a pause. Oh. With a pause. Oh. <laughs> 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 M rated today. Pony <laughs> hole after dark. <laughs> 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 No, yeah, we uh, she got one, which is pretty cool. That's our third attempt at getting her on one. Gotcha. Oh, so attempt number three. Attempt number well, she caught trip a carp. day number three. Trip day number three. Yeah, yeah I feel like y'all been time. fishing for carp more than that, but no, no, only three times. Three times. Yeah, That's I've been specifically fishing for to a like get yeah, her a carp them. to yeah. get. Yeah. Uh, so, what were her emotions to the whole thing? Dude, she was psyched. Like she was pumped. Uh, the whole time she was fighting the fish, which is funny because like, so I'm recording. She cast to the fish. And oh, you got like the eat and everything on film. Well, I did. Hang on, <laughs> I'm. I think I'm recording, so the camera's oh recording, gosh. but I'm too busy watching the fish because she did like a forty foot cast, <laughs> and I walked ahead and was like spotting to see if she was able, you know, tell her when to set the hook right because she can't feel it. She's used to feeling the 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 take. Um, so I think I'm recording. And as soon as I see the fish eat, I go, go, like, set the hook, set the hook. But my camera's been pointing down. And at that point, when I said set the hook, my hands went in the air when she hooked up. So oh. there's nothing on film. It's on film, but it's bad footage. It's, yeah. Well, it's, it's on film, but you're getting, like, you're getting some audio in the clouds. But it was pretty, pretty cool. She fought the fish, and the whole time, like, she was smiling from ear to ear. I thought that was, it was awesome. Like, I was satisfied with the day after that. Oh yeah, like I didn't even care if I. What was her anything. comparison of that versus like her traditional home waters of trout fishing in Dorado? She, well, Dorado. I don't know. We didn't really talk that much about it. I just asked her uh, a question that she knew was coming, and maybe some people listening know was coming. I said, "So now you know why bass fishing is boring to me." And she says, "Yeah, I understand why bass fishing is boring that. now." Um, yeah, it was pretty cool though. It was cool. It was a good one. It was a long cast too. Like yeah, walk us through the. <coughs> she did she nail the cast? Like everything go right, or did was there chaos in the middle of it? No, there wasn't really any chaos because she can cast for the most part. So she what she has trouble, I guess, with weighted flies because she's a dry fly fisherman mm-hmm. from Patagonia. So you know she's spoiled casting lightweight flies and not having to worry about slapping the water. Yeah. Um, so that's where she struggles. And then kind of like walking stealthily. So she splashes a lot when she walks. I say splash. She makes a lot of water noise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not uh, like, yeah, she's not like running through the water. Look, there's one. <laughs> <laughs> but no, she, she did really good this time. And then she made the cast. She probably cast it like two fish before this one. 
And they didn't really spook, but they knew what was up. So they kind of just went about their business. And then we saw this other fish tail up. She cast to it, and it was, like, perfect. Everything, the stars aligned. Everything was perfect. She cast, like, 12 inches in front of its face, and it was aggressive, too. It chased the fly. Like, it swam up on it and ate, and then I started screaming, and she set the hook, and it was game on. Nice. So, pretty cool. That's cool. Heck, yeah. yeah. Did you catch any carp? Not that day. No, did it, were any other fish caught that day or like anything no, worth mentioning? No, it's it's I think it's really hot right now. Well, I know it's really hot right yeah. now, Have but you, I think yeah, it's walk outside. And yeah, yeah. I th- <laughs> work outside. Trust me. <laughs> I, th- I think it's from what I've seen, from what I've witnessed like we're done fishing by 10:30. Yeah. It it gets so hot these fish kind of they start schooling up. At least the area that I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Uh which has no shade whatsoever. So I think the fish shut down pretty early in the day. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is fine. Like I said, I was pretty satisfied because she caught that fish. I think I was more excited that she got one because that's what we've been aiming for yeah. the past couple trips is getting her on one, growing her species list. So Nice. That's cool. Yeah, it was exciting. Exciting. Any other fishing adventures? Uh, I caught what I feel is a massive buffalo. Yeah, that picture you sent? Yeah. Yeah, that was a good-sized fish. Yeah, Landon was off the grid when I caught that one. That's true. Maybe I haven't seen it. Yeah. and I Maybe I have. It was like, oh. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. What's I point? was really shocked. Was that your first buffalo? That was my first oh, buffalo. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Round, first, of pro- first, round of applause. First buffalo. And I felt like it's pretty big. I mean, I've definitely seen bigger, but for a first, like. Oh, yeah, it's dude. It's a pretty big fish. Some blue fins, too. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's a pretty cool. good. Did you know fish. it was a buffalo casting at it, or did uh, you not? Or did you think it was a carp? <laughs> I thought it was just a dark colored carp because I've never, I don't have a lot of experiences like with buffalo, yeah. like seeing them or at least knowing that those are buffalo. Now <coughs> you'll know. A now I have more. a mental image. Yeah. But, uh, was that a different day than her catching the carp? It was a few days before. Okay, um, but I was really shocked because this fish, it, um, it was very. It didn't spook. Like, I think I was 10 or 15 feet from it, and I cast at it a bunch of times, and it, I it didn't finally. spook it once, and right. finally, right, like, finally it ate. Eat this. Yeah, it was, it was really weird. Was it sitting in some current, or was it in a no, pool? No, it was in slow water. Yeah. Tailing, feeding, mudding through the, okay. through the bottom. So maybe oh, yeah. it just didn't care, you know, because it was feeding or whatever. Maybe the heat got it delusional. Who knows? Yeah. But Are they normally in cool. current? I think they like to hang out in current a lot. Mm. Uh, I don't More know. than, like, carp. Yeah. I'm not saying like they're not like in trout waters, right? But right. I think they like like movement, a movement, bit. Yeah. some moving water. I will say I learned. So I always thought buffalo were just like a different species of carp. They're mm. not carp at all. Nope. They're actually a minnow. Like really, a minnow family, right? Huh. I yeah. don't know that. Yeah, they're not. They're not a carp. So you know, we always I always call them buffalo carp. That's not right. Yeah. It's not right. Well, kind of like a lot of people around here, just blanket term, all sunfish is bluegill. Yeah. Those yeah. are bluegill. Or, or perch. Or panfish. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, which I call them all panfish. Mm-hmm. It's, I know it's not completely true, but. But panfish uh, is a better catch-all. Right. Because it's not It's not an actual species. species. Yeah. yeah. But I think you just fall into that. And just not know. Like, I straight up did not realize. Well, there's other, like, regional stuff, too. Like, a lot people from different areas call, like, white bass sand bass. Yep. I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Like, you go to a different parts of the country. Even different parts of Texas. Like even different north. parts in Texas. Yeah. They'll be like, they don't even, like, you t- say white bass, they don't even know what it is. A white bass to them is a sand bass. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is a little more extreme, but did you know in Australia, uh, you know what a, a, a kingfish is in Australia? 
What? On Amberjack. Really? Hmm. Uh-huh. Let me let me double ch- let me fact check myself, but I'm pretty sure. Let's see, Australian kingfish. Yeah, th- I when I worked at Bass Pro, I got to talk to people from all over the world. For some reason, coming to be- yeah. There you go. That's they call that a kingfish. They came Australia. in for your That's expertise, cool. Zach. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, we talked to a lot of people <laughs> from all over the world, and I remember somebody talking about kingfish. Somebody from Australia talking about kingfish. I was like, oh yeah, king mackerel. They said no, different. And when they explained it to me, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. That's neat. It's cool to know. I didn't know that. What about you, Zach? I heard you caught a cool fish. I did. Yeah, so a couple weeks ago. Wait, you caught a cool fish? I caught a cool fish. Okay. Yeah. I'm listening. Yeah, John and I went out, (coughs) you know, summer break, try to take it as much in as much as we can. But we went to uh, New Braunfels to visit our buddy Grant at Faust Brewing. And we also did a little bit of fishing before the rain came. And so uh, it was tough fishing, though. Like, it, was, it wasn't that hot. Like, it was actually pretty reasonable. But, man, just, like, nothing was biting. We were seeing a few fish, but it was just – we were also fishing pretty heavy, like, pressured areas, you know. And so it was, we were having a hard time. And so we went to a second place, and um, there was a lot of Rios kind of – just, like, they're paired up, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, f- I got one to, to hook in. And I landed. And it was a good size Rio Grande Cichlid. Yeah, you guys saw the picture. Um, and then we fished for probably another hour or so, and then we were <coughs> like, we're going to call it because we just weren't catching anything. I think John, the very end, caught one bluegill. Uh, it might have been long ear. I don't know. Or maybe a red-breasted sunfish. Or maybe a panfish. Maybe a panfish. A perch? A perch. Could have been a perch. Definitely not a perch. <laughs> but uh, so he ended up catching one, and like I said, the, the Rio was the only thing I caught. I might have caught one more panfish at the end of the day. Um, but then we left there and went to Faust Brewing because Grant was like, I'll be here all day. And we get there, and I'm like, hey, where's Grant at? And they're like, oh, he just left to go mow his lawn. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? They're like, yeah. Like, he'll be back soon. So that's my post in the group chat. Like, Grant, finish mowing your lawn. Who We're leaves here. I think I saw that message, actually. I was like, what is going on? <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Sorry, Grant, but who leaves work to mow their lawn? I don't know. When you brew beer and you got to wait. You know, maybe hit wait for some time, and you're like, I guess so. Hey, like, I mean, yeah, I'm gonna run home and mow my lawn real hopefully quick. Hopefully, this wasn't like a lunch break thing. Was uh, it like a lunch break? Was he know. taking a break? I don't, I don't know. know. He lives really close. I yeah. know. Yeah, but I mean, and he came back to do lunch break. He came back and hung out with us and drank a beer with us. That's so cool. It was fun. was uh, the spot that you caught the Rio anybody's special spot, or was it something that I mean, you don't have to say it. If it was anybody's special spot, I'd be really surprised. I don't, you okay. know. I don't think it was because okay. it, it's like a lot of people know about this spot. Yeah. Okay. We didn't we didn't hike very far from a parking lot to get <laughs> to get to it. You know. What okay. I mean? Yeah. Uh, fun fact: Rio Grande cichlids are monogamous. Do you guys know that? One really? partner. One partner for life. If you find one, you'll always find one more. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Sometimes you find three. Well, then there's a fourth one somewhere. <laughs> 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 there is a lot of Rios. The place we went though, um, a lot of good size Rios too. But the one I caught was it was it was <coughs> nice. Yeah, it might have been my biggest Rio Grande cichlid. Yeah, but I don't know. We should we should take a day and go fish Dunlap for Rios. That sounds good to me. World Ooh. record, world records caught there. Yeah. Ooh. Lou and I just con- uh, contacted kayaked Dunlap, and it was. Uh, I'm gonna tell you this: don't go on the weekend. That's it's for like sure. Everybody, dude. So there's plenty of water for kayaks. Like there's a ton of kayaks and paddle boards, which is fine. Like it was. Uh, there's plenty of water. It's a little more crowded than I prefer, but whatever. Getting back to the boat ramp because it's not accessible to actual boats right now. Uh-huh. 
dude, you like could not get your kayak on the ramp. There were so many people just hanging out, just hanging out, swimming, barbecuing. And the thing is, like, they wouldn't even get out of our way. Like, we're very obviously trying to get our kayaks, like fighting current, trying to get to the boat. When ramp. did you guys go? Two or three weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was like they were just like they you obviously we were walking our kayaks to the ramp and like kids are just playing and parents just like looking at us. Didn't even tell their kids, hey, get out of their way for a minute. That was kind of rude. Yeah. Huh. But yeah. So you just hit him with your kayak a little bit. Thought about it. Yeah. But I'm I can't do that. Well, you could. No, no. <laughs> I'm not like you, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. No. Everything's a learning experience. Okay. So, uh, I'm kidding. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Adair, before we move on to your like cross country travels, uh-huh. we did get a listener question emailed to me. Oh yeah, yeah. about me. No, no, not about oh, you. Okay. I just figured it'd be it's a li- good me. little, yeah. good little <laughs> transition. You're talking about fish in the hill country. You guys talked about fish in the hill country. We'll just <clears> move into, uh, um, what are y'all's most effective largemouth flies? I've been doing great on poppers lately. I also fish with woolly buggers and clousers. So I would say those are probably like when you think about bass fishing, you think about woolly buggers, clousers. And poppers, but maybe where are some. No, like, you know, I don't think about clousers ever, and I don't think about woolly buggers hardly at all. Yeah. Oh, dude, I fish woolly buggers a lot, and they see. Do well. I would Unless definitely I'm doing trout fishing, but clousers, like I know clousers are like big time effective, but I that's like one of the last flies I'll tie on. Yeah, same here. Well, for me, so like they're kind of boring. Clousers, incredibly boring, and yeah. they're not fun to fit. I don't know. Clousers for me is like a bead chain eye, sparsely tied clouser. When the water, like when you're in a drought and the water's like really low and clear. So a clouser for you is just a clouser? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, when I, when I, fit, when I fish them, when I like choose to pull them out of my box. So what is a clouser when you're not tail. fishing it? Is it something different when you're no, not well, fishing No, well, like it? when confused. I'm red fishing, I might have like lead eyes or something like it's that. called Bobby. What so, I, <laughs> so it's just, it's so like, Bobby. it's a clouser when you're bass fishing, it, but it's a different clouser when you're red fishing. No, no, no. When I'm bass fishing a clouser. That's exactly what you just oh, said. Oh, it's like, if you're going to throw a clouser, a clouser for a bass, uh, it's going to be a smaller, uh, thinner, thinner clouser. Thinner clouser <laughs> with B-chain eyes. It's going to land really softly. And just, okay. Yeah, and Let's it's going to be like, not sink fast. It's not going to like be a huge disturbance on the water because, I mean, bass are more spooky in those situations. They're more on edge. The water's low. So that's when I throw like, do you guys all have clousers in your box for bass fishing? Nope. 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 Y'all don't even carry maybe one. I don't even carry clousers in the fly box. The only clousers I carry are in my saltwater boxes, and they're sp- <laughs> I specifically use them at the jetties or in the lights, and that's it. You know what? I do have a tiny clouser that's like literally like a size ten, and it's probably not much longer than the hook, but it's literally just bee chain eyes with like two different colors of fur on. Try it. it. No, I do try it. What but, I like better than the I traditional clouser is a foxy clouser. You guys See, fish no, I foxy. Get behind that. I like a you foxy clouser. You guys yeah, fish foxy clousers? That. Yeah, I that's don't have got, one in my box. But. That's okay. got actual, like, movement to it. So, okay, let me ask okay. you this. Let me, let, fishing. Me, let me say this. So, he just said, woolly buggers, clousers, poppers. Like, I would say most beginners are thinking, like, beginners are thinking of those flies. Okay. Maybe re, yeah, let me I rephrase that. Yeah, because those are the three flies that, yeah. Everyone hears about. Like, everybody knows about a clouser. Everybody knows about a popper. Everybody knows about a... Woolly bugger. Uh huh. Other so. than those, maybe like three bass flies that you love. Okay, I'm not gonna go region specific because I would say like Rio Getter, you know. Um, I would say like 
bass specifically. Rio gator is like kind of like a catch-all. You can catch it a carp is. on it. You can catch a right, panfish right, right. on it. And that's it. why it works so well here because yep. it's like no matter what you want to catch. Um, okay. If you're targeting big bass. Big bass. Um, medium to big bass. Brunch money. Okay. Or, or lunch money. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, meat whistle. Ooh. Yes. And then, and so I'm already assuming these three are included, specifically the yep. popper, right? Yep. So I'm not going to say a popper. So brunch money, meat whistle, and my third one, pimple popper. Oh, yeah, I'll do the pimple popper. But see that, but like that's the popper. You know what I mean? But it's different. Okay, the pimple, nah. pimple popper. It's a popper, it's though. It's a popper, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? So my third one. Oh, that's tricky. Um, I like a crayfish pattern. Do you have a specific one? See, I don't, I don't know the names of crayfish patterns because I always just like tie like you know zonker strips to like the end of a hook. The near enough crayfish is a dirty crayfish pattern. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Specifically, the one tied by. Rimi's. I vaguely remember us making a video that I edited that was scrapped by the tire. On Zach, that. why would you do that? <laughs> All that I don't hard scrap work. Any of my flies, even I if I can't get to the eye of the Zach, hook, I, I still I find a way to I glue it to my line. Guarantee you, Zach. <laughs> Trash that video. <laughs> Promise that. Yeah, Azak. 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 I edited it, and then Azak was like, oh, "I'm not really happy with how that video turned out." You know out. what? I'm only I only accept the best, and that fly was trash. <laughs> oh, you know what? There's this, I guess the crawfish bunny would be kind of like what I do. See, I was gonna say like for a crawfish, if we're aiming for beginners, and most of them are not tying, but if you can get your hands on a custom fly, like somebody to tie a fly for you, if you're not tying for yourself, like an inverted. Dumbbell weighted bunny leech, like a. T- uh, uh, what I mean, that's high. What was the last? Video that's almost. Did? It's not the same as what you said, but uh, he said the uh, meat whistle. Yeah, meat whistle is yeah. on a jig hook, and it's a cone head, <coughs> so it's a little bit different than yeah. what you're describing. But it's going to be inverted, and it's going to be basically it's bunny. Yeah. Right. What did we just tie for? What is that fly we tied for tarpon? Tarpon bunny. Tarpon uh, inverted bunny. tarpon bunny. Mm. Would yeah. be cool. For bass, but if you can't, the lunch money is fantastic. If you can find and them, to be honest, lunch money <coughs> or brunch money, they have the little rubber legs on them too. You can fish like a bait fish. You can, oh, yeah. you can pop it like crayfish. You know, mm-hmm. like there's a bunch of different ways you can do it. Yeah, and um, yeah, I would avoid if you go to certain big box fly shops. I would avoid getting the fly that it looks like a, a weightless bass worm. If, especially if you're a beginner, it's oh, made I have, with like I have that fly. Yeah, but Dude, it's, it's that, not very successful. It's like casting a five gallon bucket when <coughs> it gets wet. It's oh really? It looks like it works, which but don't buy it. Which one are you talking about? It well, I don't want to say what it actually looks like because it's really dirty, and I'm not going to say it. But it's like mop chenille. Yeah, <laughs> and it's got a tail, and then it's got a thicker portion up front that's wrapped and coiled, so it's a little bit thicker. It's supposed to be like a weedless bass worm. Like a rubber worm, but it's okay. made with chenille. Yeah. You think that's heavy like fly fishing a Texas rig. D- it, it, Precisely. It's kind of yeah. like that. You think yeah. that's heavy to cast? Dude, maybe mine, when it gets ma- wet. Maybe my version is different than the version you're talking about. Because mine doesn't feel very heavy to cast. Maybe. If Granted, I don't use it very often, and I haven't used it in a long time. Yeah. They, I, I could be misremembering it. If you you're know? coming from conventional fishing, that fly in the shop is going to appeal to oh, you. Oh, it looks great. You're like, yeah. oh, I see people catch fish yeah. on this all day. Don't you know? buy it. I mean, you could buy it. It probably works, but it gets wet, and if you're a beginner at casting, when it gets wet, it soaks up a bunch of water, and it's really tough. 
really tough. Stick so what would you use then? What are some other flies, that bass flies he would go Well, with? I'm going to be a, a nerd and copy Zach on the popper and the lunch money because those are like staples for bass yeah. around here. And I feel like the lunch money, brunch money, lunch. So if you don't know, lunch money is just uh, a what, size bigger four? version. Smaller yeah. version. Lunch money is lunch lunch bigger. Lunch money is bigger. Brunch money is smaller. Brunch money are like size six to eight. And then two to fours are uh, lunch money. So Honestly, if you're if you're bass fishing like in the rivers, or even like local ponds, whatever, don't be afraid to downsize your flies. That's why. And that's why I go with the lunch or the sorry. Well, that's I'm why I go with the brunch money because I feel like it is a good size. I've caught big bass on it, and I've also caught small bass on it. I've also caught I'm talking, uh, panfish on I'm it. I'm talking you know? like nymph size. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And the, but see, that's where I go with like my Rio Getter. Exactly. Like, and I love well, fishing a Rio Getter, but <coughs> if I'm looking for like medium to large size bass, granted, that one bass that Marvin caught at Real Recovery was on a purple Rio Getter, and it was a monster quad. Well, I'm going to tell you this. If you're blind fishing, you know, whatever you have confidence in. The Rio Getter is good. I use that one a lot. Lunch money and then poppers. But if you're sight fishing, I couldn't tell you how many times I've sight fished bass. Throw in like a lunch money and they turn their nose on it. They, you know, they don't want anything to do with it. But I put a Rio Getter in front of the same fish's face and they walk up and sip it. Just because it's so small. They, you know, yeah. they, they're like, oh, there's why no not? way that's yeah. something yeah. bad. Why not? And I've caught plenty of... Excuse me, I don't want to say monsters, but fish that wouldn't bite anything else, they've always taken the real yeah. game. It's ridiculous. Thank you, Matt Bennett. Insert Agreed. plug here. Any other flies? Oh. Go-tos for bass? Well, if, you know, again, beginners, a lot of the times, if unless you're ordering online, if you're going to your local, say, Bass Pro or, or Orvis or whatever, like, you're guaranteed, no matter what fly shop you go to, to find woolly buggers. Woolly buggers are fantastic. Anything other than a popper woolly bugger or oh, anything other than a clouser. Um, I mean, if <coughs> I'm trying to uh, think of stuff that's easy to find. Here, I'll, I'll hoppers give some because really I got good. some. I got some. Okay. So I would agree. Hoppers, mm-hmm. especially like the uh, um, <coughs> lano glass. bug. Oh, yes. Yeah. But um, game changers, micro game changers are awesome. They are. I just I, I just hate fishing because they're so expensive. I love yeah. looking at them. Well, and then you also got to worry about like I've had I've bought micro game changers, which they're all fantastic, and I'm not going to name anybody specifically, but mm-hmm. some swim a lot better than others. Yeah. So yeah. it's like a bit of an investment to find one that works for your style of fishing too. Yeah. But game changers are deadly, and yeah. for me, swamp monsters. I was going to say swamp, swamp monsters. Monster. Yep. To Kevin Hutchinson fly, it's black. <coughs> oh, like we talked about green, this recently. Neon yeah. legs yeah. and eyes. Okay. Yep. <coughs> For sure. Yeah. That's um, tough. I mean, bass candy's another good fly. Yeah, bass candy are just big. Yep. Um, and uh, you can I easily like tie them in different colors and like make it a crawfish pattern or yep. something else. You can make well, it a little bit smaller too. That for me is like a, a good lake or a pond. Like if you're on the lake or pond, you know, just because of its size. Well, I want to say for bass fishing, really, I mean. We can give you all the recommendations that we want, but if you're not confident with that fly, chances of you being super successful with it isn't, you know, it's pretty low. You need to find a fly that you can, that you like, 
that you think looks cool in the water. It's got to have some movement to it, whether you're stripping it in or letting it sit on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the times, a little weight isn't a bad thing, but you can fish weightless flies and too. Yeah. But most importantly, you got to be able to cast it act- accurately and effectively, and you got to feel good fishing the fly. If you can find one that checks all those boxes, you're good and to go. time on the water, and time on the water too. Bass are. <sighs> I used to think like before I fly fished heavily, I used to think bass were tough. But once you kind of figure them out, it's more so you're just – it's kind of like getting a cat to play with a feather. Yeah. Like once once you once get you the cat – Once you figure it out. Once you, well, once you get that cat to just twitch at the feather once, it's over. Because you, 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 you know what the, what the bass are looking yeah. for. It really comes down to that. Fly selection is all about confidence There's to me. figuring out every time. Yeah. So yeah. you can walk into the bass – or into whatever fly shop and – get a redfish like crab fly and if you think it'll work and you get out there and figure out how to fish it i guarantee you could catch Heck, a bass i've caught, oh, fi- yeah, I've caught bass on the fish taco yeah 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 i mean it's bass just like just fish it well you're fish just in the right spot you're you're essentially just trying to piss them off yeah it's really all it comes down but to. that's why i kind of like bass too is because you can I mean, okay as a fly tire who likes to tie with color it's fun because you can tie pretty much whatever you want and catch a fish on it yeah no, yeah. you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I don't, I don't think that makes them the most tricky thing ever. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's the thing. A lot of people like them. And I've talked on this podcast about, like, how bass fishing is boring. I think it's boring because it's become less of a challenge. Not saying I go out and catch a ton of fish every time I go because I don't. But the, the the process of figuring it out has just lost its appeal. Yeah. So. Um, well, then, like, I went out the other day. But you it's know, cool. and, Like, we didn't. We barely caught anything, yeah. you know. Well, and that hasn't happened in a long time. Nine times out of <coughs> ten, if somebody invites me to go bass fishing, I'm going to go. Yeah. Yeah, they're weird. They're weird. Yeah. I saw some weird fish in there. I don't know what they were. What um, they look like? They were silver. They're like... Did they look like Rios? Like shaped? No, no, no. Um. I, okay, I know, clearly I know they're not, but like they almost kind of look like... Um, like a... Uh, it's gonna sound ridiculous, like a permit shape. You know what I mean? Like they're more skinny, they're bright silver. They're more like this. They're 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 bottom feeders. You know, so like they were eating algae and stuff off the walls of the the river and stuff. Um, Can I ask where you went? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was. Or what water body? You don't have to say specific. I was where. in the Guadalupe in New Braunfels. <sighs> no, they. There's a lot of tilapia out there. There wasn't. Uh, it wasn't that because it was. It was. Or their mouths were down. Their mouths I mean? were down. Yes. Mm. And Landon has a good fish ID, so he might know more than this. Um, hey, okay, so Guadalupe River near New Braunfels, a silver fish that was a bottom eater, and it was grouped up like four to five fish, but they kind of look like big plates. They're not super fat. They're more. That sounds like tilapia. For like lack the of way better word, more of like a permit or like a tilapia face, but they're, they're bottom fish and their mouths were down. Were they were they sucker shaped? Because there could be they could be red horse suckers. So they might have been, or they could be tilapia. But they were really skinny. But tilapia aren't necessarily um, bottom feeders, are they? Well, okay. Let me ask. I, I don't think there is, but I could be wrong. Are there drum? In could the be freshwater drum. Yeah, yeah there's, there's fre- freshwater drum. They were really. Um, I don't think there's any. Really Why don't you catch either. one, take a picture, and I come back to, to catch us? One. I almost just hooked one, or I almost just scooped one up with my net just to so figure out what it was. You should have done that. I know. So, 
I don't know. If I see one again, I'll I'll try to maybe I'll stick my phone in the water and take a picture of it. Next Did time. it look anything like a redfish? No. Okay, then it well, probably was know. not Gasper. JW sent in that question. Thanks for emailing us. Yeah, yeah. hopefully we gave you an answer. We're kind of rambling, right? But, uh, not really. Uh, yeah. All right, Adair, back to your adventures. So you were doing some non-fishing adventures, and I'm curious about what was going on. Yep. So okay. So everybody knows once a year during summer, I go and take a father-son trip with my dad. We dig, it's about a week long. Um, we try taking a baseball game. That's kind of like the center point of it. Like baseball and cars are kind of like the big point. Um, and for the last couple of years, we've talked about doing some bourbon tastings. And this year, we finally were able to do that. So, leave Nashville. And we stop at one called MB Roland. And it's a pretty small distillery. Like, they're only making a few barrels a day. Um, and, like, their their bottle distribution isn't very big, you know. Yep. Um, <clears throat> but... They, um, it was, it was cool because they're pretty small. And when my, we got there, it was like middle of the day on a Tuesday. And so we got a private tour, my dad and I did. And we learned that if they're part of what's called the state line bourbon, uh, tour, where if you go to three bourbon distilleries, all on the Tennessee, Kentucky line, you get a shot glass at each one and they give you a barrel stave, like a used barrel to, to display them on. So we're like, okay, it's like on the way back from St. Louis, we're going to stop and get the rest of them. Um, so I got to try a few bourbons there, and they made really good stuff. And I got a few bottles for us to try in the next couple of weeks. Uh. And so we left there, and then we went to the Superman Museum. So if you don't know Superman, he lives in a city called Metropolis, and there is one metropolis in the United States, and it's in Illinois. And it's not a very big city or a very big town, but they have claimed this, and so they have a gigantic super- It's like South Park, Colorado. Yes. Have you guys been through South Park, Colorado? No. It's like a old western town. There's uh-huh. like probably like 100 people live there. Uh-huh. But like That's they are like South Park is like, like they have they like have like displays and you can like really? take your picture and yeah, That's stuff cool. like that. So yes, yeah, so it's like that. They have a Superman museum that my dad and I toured and they have a bunch of old memorabilia and stuff. So that was cool. And then we went to St. Louis. We're staying downtown and we went to the first so the Giants <coughs> were playing the Cardinals. Everybody knows I'm a Giants fan. And what was cool is my dad's retired military, so he got a free ticket. So that was kind of cool. Because we originally, we were just going to go to the Wednesday game, not the Tuesday. But we got there late or early enough, so we were able to go to that one. The Giants smoked them. They had back-to-back home runs, which is always exciting. And the Giants won. And then the next day, we did the St. Louis Arch, which sounds kind of silly. It's very cool. It's the nation's smallest national park. and It's a national park, really. Yes. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that. So when you get there, there is a museum that you go through. And as you go through the museum, you're kind of getting a little bit below, like, uh, the land, you know, like below um, surface. And it's kind of like introducing you, like, why they built the arch, how St. Louis was important because the Missouri River and – the Mississippi River went through it. So for a long, long time, it was like the center of a lot of exports, you know, until they Mm -hmm. really started building trains and roads and stuff. So they built the arch as like a tourist attraction to get people to come there. And they also called it the gateway to the West, since that's kind of like where Missouri started. So a lot of people would go West for the first time from there. Um, But you get on, or you go to the below the legs of the arch 
and you get in this weird Star Wars looking hub, right? That the elevator? That's the elevator. Because the elevator has to do right. Oh, I've seen cool. the arch. So, I've never been in it, but I've driven past it, and it's like so. I wonder how an elevator gets up there. Yeah, so it's literally like um like a canister essentially, right? There's five seats in it, and like a like, submarine, right? And so what's funny is my dad and I, like, we're, like, I'm a big guy. My dad's even bigger than I am, you know. And then we're with this older couple from Japan, right. And they don't, they barely speak any English at all. But it was just funny because, like, they're, like, very tiny and just, like, very kind people. And my dad and I are, like, just, like, these big Americans on the other side of this tiny little can with them, you know. Um, but what's cool is, like, as you go up, because it's it, it's tilted, there's these rollers along the drum. And it just goes and levels you out every so many feet, you know. Um, it's a little weird, a little disorienting. Do you feel it? Like, oh, yeah, because there's an open window, and you're not seeing outside. You're seeing inside the leg, right, of the arch. And so you're seeing, like, all the metal and stairways and stuff. So you don't get to see, like, as you go up? Not as you go up. Ah. Until you get to the very top. And so you get to the top, and it's probably from me to the wall, right? So maybe 30 feet long, you know, yep. and it's at a perfect like little arch at the very top of it and they have all these windows that you can look out and see everything, It's it, but it's weird because the arch sways the entire time you're up there. Is what do you it mean it sways, like because of the wind? Yeah, so it, it it is able to withstand about, I think, 18 feet of swaying from the wind, Jeez. but it's not always that much. So when you get up there, is it kind of like the Tower of Americas where you're exposed to the wind or they have you locked down? No, completely? it's like a little window. Okay. Like, okay, so, like, that was... But can you feel, or is it actually glass pane? Like it's you can't a glass window, okay. yep. Yeah, it's a little glass window. So, I was looking out of the arch. Okay. Um, that was the baseball stadium right down there. Cool. So, then it was funny. I told my dad for, like, a week, like, oh, the game on Wednesday, we're going to have time. We go to the arch, and the game's at 145. And as we're in the little drum riding the elevator up, I'm like, oh, I'm going to see who's pitching. And I'm like, oh, it's 11 o'clock now, and the game starts at 1215. And so uh, the arch thing doesn't take very long. When you get to the top, you're only allowed to be up there for five minutes, and then you write it back down. And then um, we got changed. We went back to the stadium, and we sat right behind the bullpen. Really? Yeah, the Giants' bullpen. And so that was really cool, like a really neat experience. Giants were down the entire game, right? And then top of the ninth inning, we have one guy on, and then uh, Yastrzemski comes to bat. Two outs, two strikes. He hits a two-run homer to tie the game. No way. Yeah, in the ninth inning. And so uh, it goes to extra innings. Giants score three more runs. And we ended up winning that game. So we swept the uh, Cardinals. And we went to two of the three games. So that was really, really exciting. How was Cardinal Stadium? It was neat. It's an older stadium. It is um, the Cardinals as a uh, team and as an organization – have so much history. Like, they were, they're one of the oldest teams. They were founded, like, 1892, 1893. Yep. And um, it's not like the Coliseum, right, like, where the athletics play. It's just, it has everything you want and nothing you really don't, right? So a lot of stadiums now, they're building, like, pools and practically malls inside. It was, like, it had everything you would want and need in a stadium, but nothing extra. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But it was really nice. And everybody, like, all the Cardinals fans were great um we ended up towards the end of that second game we ended up hanging out with some cardinals fans and another giants fan he's he's a cardinals fan 99 percent of the year but he says three days a year he's a giants fan because when the giants come to town 
And so he had like a giant's top hat. And he had painted his face all up and stuff. So he hung out with us for uh, for a little while. Nice. But one of the coolest things after the game, we went back to the hotel, and my dad's like a Diamond for Life member, you know, because he spent so many days in the Hilton or something like that, right? And so he goes up to the front desk, right, just to ask for a pen because me and him are just going to, like, have some beers at the bar. And they're like, oh, you're joining us for the bourbon tasting, right? And my dad was like, no, I, don't, I didn't know anything about it. And they're like, oh, well, like, our executive chef here, he is having a small menu tasting or a small menu pairing with Michter's bourbons, right? We have a representative from Michter's here, and he's going to make, like, a little five-course meal that pairs with the, with the bourbon and um, we're going to see, like, if we should add any of these items to our menu. And so my dad's like, oh, yeah, let me ask my son. So I was like, yeah, this looks great. So we, we go to that, and it's like, I'm expecting, like, 20, 30 people. It's, like, super small. There's, like, three executives from uh, Hilton who are there, or the Pennywell, I guess, was the hotel we were at, right? There is the Michter's uh, Bourbon uh, executive, right? She's there, or the representative. And then a chef, her wife, and they were on Food Network on Sunday. And so that was it. And they're like famous St. Louis City chefs who uh, have a couple restaurants there. And so it was just like eight of us there eating like some of the best food I've ever had. Oh, paired that's with awesome. with like perfect, like good uh, Michter's whiskey. And so it was, it was really, really cool. And um, so... Uh, God just got had a good time, and my dad and I we had a lot of fun connecting connecting with all the people there. Um, do you think they anticipated it to be bigger? And, uh, and like flopped, or do you think no, you no, just no. got lucky? No, we got lucky. So like wow. my dad, he's just like when he's at a place, like they the, like the executives are always like, "Oh, hello, Mister Dare," blah blah blah. You oh, I, I see. Mean? Okay, and so I think we got lucky because he's like the diamond, right? Right, whatever, whatever, whatever that means, you know. But I, uh, I forgot about that part. He lived in hotels for, like, years and years and years because he traveled for his job. Right. You know, and they're always like, if you travel for your job, pick one and get the points. You know, so that's pretty much what he did. Yeah. Um. But, like, I don't know. I don't think I showed you guys the menu. That's awesome. But it was like. It sounds like a really cool experience. Yeah. So it was like spiced duck breast, uh, braised beef cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, like a smoked cherry ice cream. Oh, the beef cheeks had a okay. It was so what cheeks? Duck breast, beef cheeks, and monkey tails. That's <laughs> no, they were so good. I didn't take a picture because of how good they were. I ate them so fast. Um, no, they put a bourbon honey glaze over the beef cheeks, and it was so freaking good. Beef. Okay, explain beef cheek to me. Are we talking like barbacoa beef cheek? Like I'm yeah, yeah, similar. Okay, just, yeah, just right. braised differently. You know, okay. and. Um, and so, and <coughs> what kind of what kind of whatever they put on it? What it was what a bourbon honey glaze? Oh, glaze! Yeah. I heard braise. So no. What the hell was it? No, braise? because they braised the beef cheeks. Mm. Oh, okay. That's yeah. how you right. cook something. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I don't know this. I just eat it. Yeah. Oh, I <laughs> ate it all. It was good. <laughs> That's it was cool. So good. But yeah, and so like then like you know they would talk about the the bourbon as we're trying it. We didn't try anything too hard to find. Um, like we tried like their. American whiskey, which is like their staple, then their regular bourbon, their rye, and they made a couple of mixed drinks for us. Um, but it was just like words don't do it justice as to like the connection we were we were having with the people there, and it's like everyone's drinking bourbon. We're all having a good well, time. Well, you made friends with the uh, Michter 
representative, right? Yeah. We're supposed to get a package in the mail, possibly? Yeah, possibly, yeah. Okay. So. That's pretty cool, man. I've, you've had to have felt like a bigwig, like, sitting there. Like, it had to have felt good to be well, in that group. Well, it's funny because, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, it was, it was fun. You it know, was cause, cool, like, I Everybody bet. there was a little important, you yeah. know what I mean? So it was kind of cool. Like, just well, And you're, like, a secluded group from the rest of the public. Oh, like, yeah. Like, we had our own little back room. And, exactly. like, the chef came out, and he would, like, explain his dish and what he thought and why he thought it would pair well. It was so cool. That's that's awesome. That's yeah. badass. It was honestly like like I said, words don't do it justice. Like my dad and I just like left, and we were like, that was like probably like the game was probably one of the best games I've been to because of like the the way we came back from behind. Mm-hmm. But like that little unexpected dinner that we like was probably one of the highlights of the trip. Nice, you know? that's cool. So anything else cool happened? Uh, we went to the other two distilleries, got the barrel stave, so that was pretty cool. And then other than that, just you know, we had a good time. Yeah. Any fishing? Uh, no fishing there. No. Any cars? A lot of cars. Okay. Lots of cars. Yep. Yeah, my dad has an old bu- uh, VW bus that he's trying to restore right now. You know, like one of the hippie vans? Yep. Yep. So, um, we Is he doing the restoration? So, it's it's pretty good shape. Uh, there's a couple of things inside that need some tweaking and cleaning. The main thing is it needs a new generator. And so, like, prior to, like, 1972, 1973, cars had generators instead of alternators. Okay. And, and so um, that generator is out, and then one of his uh, cylinders is um, is leaky. So he has to do, like, little things like that, you know, like little yeah. fine-tuning things. Um, but, yeah, so we did that. And then we did another car show because he has that um, little red express truck. And so we did a car show with there. But it was fun. Cool. Yep, other than that, just seeing movies now. That's awesome, man. Yeah. It was fun. I, I look f- it's it's a it's a lot of fun and it's the one week I look forward to every year. Like my dad and I just have a really, really good time every time we, we do our trip. So we're already planning next year. I think we're gonna go to uh, Atlanta next year. Okay. What's in, what's in Atlanta? Is this another baseball thing? Yeah. Is that what Braves. you guys kind of like base it off of? We, baseball? we try to. So it's funny. Because like, you're trying to hit every baseball stadium, right? right? And my dad loves baseball, <coughs> but he's not like, he's not like a huge, huge baseball fan, but he like, he can appreciate it. He played in high school and everything, you know? Um, and so he does the baseball thing for me and I do the car show thing for him. And it's kind of like we both have these shared interests. Like I like car shows as well. But, like, cars are definitely his thing, and baseball is definitely my thing, but we mm, both can, like... Okay. So we we try to plan it out in a way where we can kind of do some of the touristy things. Like, we did the Arch, you know, or, like, when we went to New York, we did um, the Statue of Liberty, we did Ellis Island, but then we also did, like, Yankees, and we also did Mets, and then we also did a car show that was in Pennsylvania, you know? Gotcha. gotcha. So we do a little bit of everything what we can. Yep. Makes sense. Yep. Well, yeah. what about you? You got you got a lot to cover. Oh, too. I got a lot to cover. Well, we got some time. So, for those of you guys that don't know, I went to Montana, floated the Smith River again. It is a five day, four night camping on the river trip with no cell service, and that's just bit kind of the bare bones of the trip. But I'll go into more detail. The trip started off with a bang with me missing my flight. What? <laughs> yeah. No uh, way. Yes. Yes. You missed your flight. I did. All right. How did you miss your flight? Right. Though? What were you flying out of? Uh, San Antonio. San Antonio. <laughs> it actually worked out pretty well. Okay, okay, okay. Given the situation. Yeah. Because I've never missed a flight before. Yeah, so, okay, go on. So, and I'm not going to go into all the details, but um, but leading up to this trip, 
I was very high stress with things going on in my personal life. I had to make sure my work was cleaned up before I left and a lot of packing and all of those things. And I'm pretty sure all of that culminated into the night before where I basically could not sleep. What time was your flight at? It was I had to leave at 6 a.m. to catch my flight. Wow. Six, what do you mean, wow? That's not that early. But, you know, you're going through, like, you have, you're dealing with a lot. No, no, I, I mean, I should have made my flight. But yeah. basically what ended up happening was I, uh, like, was, like, up until, like, 3 a.m., like, thinking of I, like, mm. flights give me a lot of stress. There's not a lot that gives me a lot of stress, but flights are one of those things, like, mm. I, I can't miss my flight. And I was pretty much, like, in bed staring at the ceiling till like, 3 a.m., like, I got to go to sleep so I don't miss my flight. And I'm pretty sure what happened, uh, so my phone died. Is what happened during the night. I had put it across the room. I thought I plugged oh, so it in. So you have to get up and turn So it. I have to get up and turn it off. But how I actually woke up is the airport was calling me. But because I have Wi-Fi calling turn on my iPad, the call was coming through on my iPad. So, like, was not coming through on my phone. And the airport was calling me on my iPad. Wait, so have you missed your flight? The airport calls you? Apparently, San Antonio International Airport was calling me. Because you checked in. Because right? I had checked in. Gotcha, okay. So I woke up. I didn't actually catch the call, but I was like, I, I woke up because of the iPad ringing. And then I looked at the clock, and I was like, my flight is taking off right now. It's like, oh, crap. So then I call United. I was like, I missed my flight. What can you guys do? And I was like, I'm about to have to shell out like a 1000 bucks because this is a day of emergency. Right. So I was like real nervous about the price. And I called and they're like, oh, like, no big deal. We can get you, like, if you can get to the airport by 1, we'll get you on a flight to Denver. And then, well, okay, so what I had to do was. Originally, where are you flying to? Okay, flying to Bozeman. Okay. Taking a car from Bozeman, Montana to Helena, Montana. Uh-huh. Me, Carson, and Jeff. And Steve, you, all of you guys know those four people. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Meeting a Bozeman, catching a car, driving to Helena. Uh-huh. I wasn't the only one with travel issues. Okay. So, so when I called them, they were... Planning they, to fly together, like, as a group? So, some of our flights... So, like, everyone is flying out of a different place. Steve is flying out of Houston. Oh, okay. Jeff is flying out of Austin. Carson's flying out of DFW. I'm flying out of... Oh, okay. So, you're literally San Antonio. meeting in Bozeman. But all of our flights, like, me, Jeff, and Steve were actually all on the same flight to Bozeman. Supposed to be. Carson... Oh, because you're going to Denver and then yeah, Denver to Bozeman. Carson's flight connected connection was in Salt Lake City. But his flight landed before ours, so he's going to be waiting on us. Right. We're all going to catch our car, drive to Helena. It's a two-hour drive. When I call, they're like, oh, we don't have any flights to Bozeman. I'm like, what about Helena? They're like, oh, yeah, we can get you on a flight to Helena, no problem. What? So I just ended up catching a flight from San Antonio to Denver and Denver to Helena, and it was, like, no oh. big deal at all. So and it cost me, like, 600 points. And oh, I have, nice. like, 90,000 points. So oh, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh. No big deal. That's great. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh that was a close cool. call. Okay, yeah, that's great. Carson, uh-huh. flight from Salt Lake City to Bozeman was overbooked by thirteen people. What? Yes, thirteen. Thirteen. So they started doing this, um, like a lottery type deal. They started doing this like bidding thing to where it's like we'll give you a thousand, like oh, oh, yeah. six hundred dollars. Part of that. If you like, we'll catch another flight. Yeah. So they got to eight fifty, and Carson walked up. And he was like, "You guys got any flights to Helena?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, easy. We can get you on a flight to Helena." So we got eight hundred and fifty bucks, and he got to go oh, straight to what? Helena. Yeah, dang, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So which worked out for him because 
Another part of my stress from the night before the trip was that Steve actually had an emergency, was not able to go. Oh. Like last minute. So I had been doing like a lot of rearranging and trying to make things work and trying to like fulfill my obligations I had to the outfitter. Right. To So Steve didn't go. Steve did not go. And it was a very, very, very last minute cancellation. I won't say what happened on the podcast, but I'll fill you guys in later. Um, And uh, so there was a lot of rearranging that needed to happen and trying to do different things. What ultimately happened is, so me, Jeff, Steve, and Carson were going to fly to Montana, fish the Missouri for two days. Uh Carson was going to fly home. Me, Jeff, and Steve... We're going to float the Smith with the rest of our group. Right. What ended up happening is me, Jeff, and Carson floated the Missouri. Carson replaced Steve and floated the Smith. Oh, okay, cool. So there was a but that rearranging took was yeah, kind of a pain, yeah. especially like a day before. Right. Um so we got everything rearranged, taken care of. It was kind of a mess, but it was all it was all taken care of. Carson got to go, and uh, it just worked out for him to be able to go because he was already in Montana. Right. So it just made it yeah, made it easy. easy. He just had to ass off time for work. We had to do some shifting. He had, was not prepared for that, Right. obviously, as he should have been for a five, four-night camping trip, but right. we, we made it work. Made it work, yeah. Uh, and so um, we get to Montana. Every, at that point, it was like, for me, after I missed my flight, I had, like, so much stress built up into this, like, leading up to this, and then missing my flight. The whole time I was in the airport, I was just, like, over overloaded. Yeah. So my thing was, like, when my wheels touch down in Helena, I'm good to go. Like, right. ooh, like I can breathe. And that's exactly what happened. Yep. Landed down in Helena, and I was like, I'm in Montana. You made it. Everything's taken care of. The yep. trip has been rearranged. McKenna's taken care of. I don't have work. My work's taken care of. It was like, whew, I'm good to go. And so me, Karsten, and Jeff did two days on the Missouri. Nothing really exciting to report there. I'll give you guys some highlights. I did catch a new species on the Missouri. Yeah? A long-nosed sucker. A long-nosed sucker. Yep. I'll show you guys a picture after the podcast. Um... The guide that I had fished with that day has been fishing guiding on the Missouri for like 27 years, and a client had never caught a long-nosed sucker with him on the boat. Really? He had never had a client catch so, a long-nosed sucker. And forgive me if this is rude, but is that something to be proud of? or is Proud, it? yeah, for sure. It's a native fish okay. in the river, and they are rarely caught, so 100% proud. And for me, okay. I'm all about like catching new species, so for do, me. Do, do people target these? I don't think they target them. The Missouri, I don't know if you guys have fished or seen the Missouri, but the Missouri is big water, very deep, uh, big river. So, like, and the suckers, you got to think, are on the bottom. In the Missouri, what people go to the Missouri for in Craig, Montana, is dry fly fishing. It is, like, the dry fly capital of the world. That, and I think the Henry's Fork in Idaho are, like, the two, like, dry fly rivers that didn't turn out for us. Like, I have been there. I This is my second time to Missouri. I was there before when it was a dry fly river. And what you're doing is you're fishing, like, trichos to – it's it's weird because you 
the first time I went, any direction you looked, you could see 20 fish rising. And you could pick your fish. Like, I look this way, there's 20 fish. Ahead of me, there's 20 fish. This way, there's 20 fish rising. And so it's basically, and they're like rising in a pattern. So like, they're like coming up, eating a dry fly, going back down, waiting two seconds, eating a dry fly. They're like in a rhythm and they're feeding. That's why people go there and they're eating super tiny dry flies. So it's like a skill tester because you have to be able to present a very small dry fly to where these fish will eat them. Um, and so like when people go there, they're dry fly fishing. They're not like nymphing like what we had to end up doing because there were no dry flies. So, you know, they're not really targeting them, but at times like we had high water, high and high and muddy water. So we were nymphing. Um, so that day I caught the long nose sucker, caught a Missouri River slam. So I had also caught a whitefish, a rainbow trout, and a brown trout. Nice. You know, real quick, I'm going to cut in off topic completely, but you said the word sucker and it hit something in my brain. Earlier I said buffalo or a minnow. No, sorry. They're sucker. They're sucker. That's what uh, I meant. That's okay. what I meant. Not minnow. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Back to your story. So that was cool. Catching f- all four species in the Missouri in the same day, which, like, well, number one, to catch a long nose sucker is, like, extremely rare. Yeah. And then to add a rainbow trout, brown so trout, and whitefish on top of that was super I, cool. I keep picturing, like, a little mini sturgeon. Is that Here, no, no, I'll show you. I just looked it up, too, because I had to know. Let me see your photo, Zach. Yeah, he could, Landon could just. Sh- yep. Yep. See? Oh, so it kind of yeah. almost looks like a red horse. Yeah, yeah. But just and yeah. but like a really long yeah. nose. Yeah, yeah, long nose. That's and cool. Like a carp tail. That's yep. cool. It wow. was cool. How big that is yours? Cool. Uh, maybe about this big. Okay, cool. Yeah, pretty good size. Cool gripping grin with it. Uh, I got a like release video. We can throw it up ah, on the gram. Sweet. Yep. Sweet. The only other highlight of the Missouri, like we caught fish. It wasn't crazy. We were nymphing. The only high point, the other high point of the Missouri, was. Um, I did get one dry fly eat. So we found an eddy where, like, there was a single fish rising, and I fed that fish. It came up and ate the fly, and then I set the hook too early because on those with the super tiny dry flies, the strategy is you let them, they have to be on their way down before they set the hook, but I was so jazzed up that a fish ate the fly that – I set the hook too early. That's, it I was a brown like, trout. Full gill plate came out of the water. It was. I feel like somebody sweet. who doesn't get to do that a lot will miss a few, if like when they. When well, they're getting and, the, the and that's the it. thing. On my last time, I had done and did pretty well fishing dry flies. Like I don't know, like five, six, seven fish. Yeah, but how long? Dry flies. How long ago was that? Was that? a couple of years ago. Exactly. See. Um, but like I had a lot more eats than that. But on those like. You're fishing, like, size 20, 22 yeah. dry flies. They're, like, tiny dry flies. So you got to be really dialed, and they say, you know, you're supposed to say God saves the queen. Like, the fish eats a fly, God saves the queen, hook set. Hook set. To give yourself the time for them to be, like, on their way down. But no, it's king. Or God save the king, yeah. So when you're, when you're throwing those tiny little dry flies, are you actually watching your fly, or are you just watching where the fly should be? Like, purse, I know it's different for everybody. It depends I on the glare. Okay. Depends on the glare. Like, sometimes I could see it, sometimes I couldn't, depending on the glare. What's interesting about the Missouri and how they f- catch the fish is that you're doing a downstream presentation. So you're upstream of the fish, and you cast 
and you feed line. You cast, and if you can do a reach mend, that's even better. So you get your you pile your line up ahead of the fly. So like if it's an angle cast, you're gonna cast reach mend so your line is piled up directly in a line of the current, and then your feeding line, like your now why why do they do that? Because the fish are really finicky, really spooky, and uh, if you pass them, you pass them going down the river. It's also easier. It's a more difficult skill to learn, but it's easier to get a drag-free drift doing that. Gotcha. So it's like a double-edged sword. Like once you get good at it and practice it, it's better than like an upstream presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, an upstream presentation is easier to learn, but it's harder to manage a drag-free drift. Gotcha. And you have, yeah, and the line doesn't spook them and that kind of thing. Yeah, right? and the line doesn't spook them. Okay. They're seeing the fly first before they see the leader in the fly gotcha. line. That's cool. Yep. Yep, for sure. So that was in Missouri. You guys have any other questions on the Missouri? No. Missouri's cool because it's just like a big, massive river. Yeah. So and you saw it in St. Louis, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, we saw the yeah, yeah, we saw the the with confluence. The right confluence, yeah. The Mississippi. Do you guys know what I learned this? Do you guys know what three rivers form the Missouri? They all connect at one point, which is really cool. Yeah, it's funny. I saw a big map of it at yep. the arch, but I can't remember which three they were. So it's the Madison, the Jefferson, and the Gallatin. I was going to say the Gallatin. Yeah, yep. that's right. After you said Madison, yep. Jefferson. Okay. But we passed by the point where they all converge. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, That's cool. At the St. Louis Arch, they have this huge floor. And they literally have it's like a like a map out of the United States, and they have all the rivers of the the country mapped out in these really pretty blue tiles, and yep. you kind of like follow it and stuff like that. So it was cool. And the Smith feeds the Missouri too. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So, so then okay, so this is your first trip. First two days, okay. we did two days um, doing that, which was and really you guys cool. weren't camping; you were just going out with a guy. Stayed in an Airbnb. Cool. In a weird Airbnb, I was staying in an <coughs> attic bedroom. So I had to, like, crawl to my bed. It was weird. Really? Yeah, it was like a Montana, like, attic bedroom. Oh, that's And cool. I was the last one there because my flight got <laughs> rescheduled, yeah. so I had last pick of the bed. But it was like I had to, like, crawl to the bed because, like, <laughs> the attic, like, you couldn't stand up. You had yeah, to bend over. You literally had to. So we transitioned to the after that, checked out of our Airbnb, moved to the Smith River, and we were very concerned before heading out to the river because we're checking the flows every day because the smith as great as it is the downside is the smith is its own island and the flows are weird and what you're hoping for is the flows coming down the smith is its own island it's not its own island but what i mean is like it acts differently than the rivers around it oh so as far as like flows and it's really hard to predict water, water clarity, and it's really hard to predict the flows because mm-hmm. it's just kind of like it acts differently than the other rivers. Whereas the other rivers, you might be able to, like, make assumptions. It's hard to make assumptions about the Smith. This is not from, like, I've only been twice. This is, like, the guides, you know, kind of, like, reiterating, like, it's mm-hmm. a hard, like, we do this, like, week in and week out. Mm-hmm. We look at the flows, and it never ends up being what we're yeah. predicting. So our, we had been rained on on the Missouri. Um, and, like, rain is, like, the worst thing possible you can have in the Smith River Valley before we go on the Smith River because right. you're getting mud. Everything is rushing into one, one spot. One spot. It's going to be muddy. It's going to be high. That's not what we want if we want good fishing. 
So we're like nervous. We roll up. It's muddy. Like, oh, crap. Is this, like, in my mind, like, is this going to be? First of all, I got a group, and I'm thinking to myself, like, mm, hope these guys, fish. I want everybody to catch fish and have a good time. Right. Like, the float is the most beautiful place I've ever been. But is that going to be enough to be like, this was a great trip? Mm, I don't know. Right. So we roll up. It's muddy. It's high. I'm like, yeah, crap. So um, we get on the river. Uh, we I didn't actually know this. We have set launch times. From the state? From the state. We yeah. have to. We have a window that we have to launch our boats with. what happens if you don't? I do not know. Thankfully, that didn't happen. I missed yeah. my flight, but we didn't miss our launch window. There you go. Set launch time. So, meaning, like, they tell the guy, like, you have between 6 and Our 6:30. group launches has, like, an hour window to launch. We get From the first launch. Like, after that, it doesn't matter. Is it that, doesn't matter. Is that maybe yeah. to space out different It is. Okay. It's not so that everybody's trying yeah, to that's not put so on weird. at the same time. That's not so weird. Yeah. I just didn't realize that was a thing. I thought it was kind of like, you wait in line, and when it's your turn, you launch. You go. Yeah. That was kind of the vibe I got. But, no, we're like, you had this certain window to launch in. And there's also set campsites, so we have to camp at the campsites we're assigned to. So that's cool, too. Yep. So you know nobody can take your spot. Yeah, so nobody can take your spot, and it's not like a race down the river or anything like that. And you know exactly where you need to make it to every day. Yep. So we launch, and uh, I fished with John the first day, and we had a rough go of it the first day. I caught a couple fish. John was having a rough go of it. We ended up, when we got to camp, we there was this like good little run like right where Rock Creek feeds the Smith. It was like crystal clear water, feeding the river, and it was like this nice big like classic like trout stream turn. We're like, oh, this spot's gonna be money, and like I think John caught like three fish. I caught like maybe like one or two more. Nice. Like and that was like right across the river from where oh, our camp was. Cool. So it ended up like we ended up like finishing the day really well. And a lot of the other guys like were hammering fish the first day. A lot of the other boats. Mm-hmm. So it was like ended up being like okay, we had muddy water, but it looks like it's okay. Like right. we're catching fish. It looks like you know our concerns are not warranted. Right. Until about eight p.m. that night, we look at the river, and the river on day one was muddy. <clears throat> on day two, like eight p.m. that night, we're like this. There was like a shriek down the middle of the river. And we're like, that is very muddy and very concerning because it was like, I'll show you guys a comparison photo Mm -hmm. because what had happened between the time that me and John got off the river and 8 p.m., the Rock Creek was extremely muddy and was dumping a ton of really muddy water. Oh, so it was like behind you guys at first, following following you guys down. Yeah, here, let me show you guys the photos real quick. Um, So... So when you noticed that, did you? This was Rock Creek. This is from the campsite. That's Rock Creek flowing into the Smith. So not as muddy as the Smith. Right. Okay. This is Rock Creek. Ooh, you, re- you legit can just see the difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we're like, oh, wow, this like isn't going to be good. And it's a lot of, it feeds a lot of water into the river. Yeah. Did your confidence just like plummet? <laughs> I was just like, oh, crap. Because uh, every little thing you're thinking like how this is going to affect the trip. Like, yeah. It's going to affect the guy's having a good time. Yeah, I, I just want, you know, I want everybody to have a good time. That's my thing. Um, everybody catch fish. Everybody have a good time. At least things are in my control. Yep. But obviously that's out of my control. But right. you still want it to go well. Right. Um, And so kind of nervous. 
But, um, you know, honestly, we slayed fish the rest of the trip, too. So, now, the fishing was like, we didn't have a lot of options. It was like nymphing black woolly buggers and, like, pat, big pats rubber legs. So, it's like something that the fish can see in that muddy water. But other than that, we just, the rest of the trip down, we caught tons of fish. And the cool thing was, too, we were a group of six people total, including me. So since it was five days of fishing, we each got to fish with each other one day. That's cool. So that was cool. Yeah. We like uh, I got to fish fish with each person on the group one day. We so like every day was different. Every person was different. All the guides were great. The food was fantastic. Um, really cool thing that happened. Trying to just think of the highlights. On day three, I fished with Carson, which is always really cool. Yeah. Fish with your brother. But day three is the Heaven on Earth stop. So Heaven on Earth, there's maybe like 20 houses you see floating the full 60 miles of the Smith. Heaven on Earth is a like little vacation place where they have some rentals. You can like rent a cabin for your family to come up. And they have a nine-hole par three golf course. Uh-huh. And they have ice. And they have homemade ice cream sandwiches, which are delicious. So, like, the guides refill the coolers with ice. You stop and you get a homemade ice cream sandwich. Uh-huh. It's like two chocolate chip cookies, like homemade chocolate chip cookies with ice cream in the middle. It's really good. And they make their own drink called the Deep Creek, which Deep Creek is an actual creek that flows into the Smith, like, near where Heaven on Earth is located. <coughs> and so, um, on my last trip, my only regret was I wanted to play golf. Just because I used to play in high school. I don't play anymore. But right. I was like, you know what? Stop on the Smith. Play around in golf. That didn't really get to happen. Because I think the girl behind the counter, like, I didn't want to play a full nine holes because we were crunched on time. But I wanted to, you know, like, play one or two holes. Yeah. But this time, me and Carson fished together. And we picked a guy that was, like, also a golfer or, like, a part-time golfer. Right, right, right. So the three of us, we got there. And we, we all played three holes. Oh, nice. And we played like a playoff. And Wait, the, so did you guys play like like the whole part nine? Like you did the first three? Or we all like, played together. Okay. We all played together, and we made a deal like the loser was going to have to shotgun a beer. Uh-huh. So it was super fun. And the rest of the group was there. They were watching us play, and like he, so people were cheering. Cool. People, so did you guys, were you guys able to like borrow clubs? Yeah, they had clubs. So we had to pick out clubs. That was part of the problem. <coughs> um. They had, like, huge – you could, like, pick whatever clubs you wanted. They had, like, a bunch of clubs. And it's, yeah. a, it's a short par three, so I grabbed, like, a nine iron. Like, I grabbed, like, a nine iron and a putter. Yeah. Because I could do all my – You could do hit, almost everything. Almost everything yeah. with as short as the course is. So the, for the three holes we played, the first hole was, like, the highest, and you actually teed off a cliff. Oh, that's cool. And then the hole was, like, way below. Yeah. So that was super cool. And I actually – like, my hits off the tee were surprisingly good for a guy who hasn't played golf in a long time. Like, uh-huh. my first hit was, like, straight on short of the green. So, I had, like, a short chip and a putt. Um, and then, like, the other guys, you know, were relatively close, too. Um, but what ended up happening was I didn't realize I had Carson's a lefty. So, he had made sure to grab left-handed clubs. I just grabbed a putter. And I grabbed a lefty putter. So the first hole, I was like, oh, I grabbed a lefty putter. So I was, like, putting left-handed. And I missed, like, a super easy putt. And I was Uh like, oh. And we're, like, playing for, like, shotgunning a beer. And I was like, "Eh, whatever. So after that, I switched to a right-handed putter. But so we played 
anyway, fast forward. We play hole one and we play hole two. Get to hole three, and uh, I have a putt to tie JB, who was our guide. So it was a pretty long putt. Uh-huh. So if I miss, I'm losing. And did, did they already putt out? JB had putted out. Uh-huh. Me and Carson had not. If I miss this putt, relatively long, I'm losing. So I make the putt, nail it. Me and JB are tied. Yeah. So then up to Carson. Carson has a medium putt, a little bit closer than my putt, I would say, but not much, maybe like a foot closer. And his putt is to win. If he makes the putt, he wins, and me and JB lose, uh-huh. and he misses. Oh. So now he has a putt, yeah. <clears throat> and all the other guys are watching and too. So it's it like now, high he pressure. Ties you guys, he ties us. Okay. So and it's relatively short. So he uh-huh. makes the putt. So it was a, ended up being an th- honest three way tie. Wow. Okay. So we yeah. all shotgun the beer. All shotgun yeah. beer then. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, on top of that, part of playing is they give you deep creeks, which is a heavy dose of. Uh, gin and orange juice mixed together. Mixed together, it's really good. Uh-huh. Is that all? So it is, we were playing. We were playing drinking gin and orange juice. Uh-huh. So, and then when we get back, they're like, "Oh, it looks like you guys had fun. We'll just top you guys off for free." So what? I got a second Deep Creek for free, and then we were drinking that, eating ice cream sandwiches, and we're like, "We get back to the boat. All right, now it's time to." So like by the end of two Deep Creeks and a beer, yeah, it was pretty much a goner. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Did you guys have to pay for the whole nine hole? No, we paid. It was uh, $60 for nine holes. Okay. Or it was $30 for three. So we had to pay okay. a little bit more right, to like pay for premium three. to not do the whole thing. Not but do the still, whole thing. But it was worth it's cool it. That they even we had a blast. Yeah. Like, it was 100% worth it. Oh, and that's cool they even, like, they gave you guys that option. Yeah. You know. Plus, I bought a jug of Deep Creek to go, so we'd have oh, it. Oh, did you really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a, like a big jug, oh, so we man. could have it at camp later. That's cool. Um... Oh, another cool thing that happened on the trip. So Steve, as I mentioned, wasn't able to make it last minute. We had gone, me and Carson had gone to like a liquor slash cigar store in Helena. Like grab some cigars for the trip, maybe buy a bottle of whiskey and uh, to take and share with the group. So we went in and they had a, we bought some cigars and I saw a bottle of Caribou Crossing, which is a difficult bottle to find. Um, I've never seen it on a shelf. But I know it's Steve's favorite bottle mm-hmm. of whiskey. And at this point, I knew Steve wasn't coming. I was like, you know what? There was like one bottle left, so I snagged it. And it's like really not. I don't know if you guys have seen a bottle of Caribou Crossing. Mm-hmm. It's a blended uh, Canadian whiskey. Gotcha. So it's not like part of the bourbon craze, but it's still like a highly sought-after bottle. And it's got this really cool Caribou topper, kind of like Blanton's has a really cool forest racer topper. Oh, yeah, I see it now. And... Uh, so I bought a bottle, and then I took it down to Smith, and I shared it with it. Like, one night we were having dinner after dinner. I was like, so, you know, Steve couldn't make it on this trip. Um, this is Steve's favorite bottle. So we kind of, like, you know, in honor of Steve, you know, unfortunately he couldn't make it. We, like, you know. Oh, that's cool. Toasted to him. and So instead of buying it for him, you bought it and drank it for yeah. his memory? In his memory, <laughs> yeah. No, but but what I did, no, but what Here's I— an empty bottle, Steve-O. <laughs> no, but— what I did, hopefully he received, because I've already mailed it to him, hopefully he received this beforehand, because I was super limited on packing. I couldn't buy anything, like fly home with it, right. that like wasn't already on me, brought. already yeah. what I brought. So it was like, it was going to have to be drinking on the trip. Right. What I did is, um, 
I took the bottle topper, which is really cool, and I was I mailed it to him with a note that was like after the trip was like, "Hey Steve, we missed you on the trip. Uh, this bottle topper made it down the Smith River. I hope you like the. I way hope it you <laughs> enjoy it. We, we drank it. Though. Yeah, we <laughs> we drank it in memory. You know, like Steve. So Steve was the glue to this trip because I didn't know everybody. Some were Steve's friends. So Steve was the glue that brought the whole group together. Mm-hmm. And so like Steve's at Steve not being there was like a huge hit to the group because he was the guy that got some, you know, some of his friends that like I didn't know and Jeff didn't know. Steve was the glue that molded the trip together and he wasn't there. So it was kind of like, you know, we everybody on the trip knew Steve. But I didn't know other people on the. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was like the. He was the guy, the middle guy of the group that was the glue, and so it was kind of like, a, you know, uh, you know, hey, we, you know, hey, look if it wasn't for you, on. yeah, if it wasn't, <laughs> if it wasn't for sorry, you, we Steve. wouldn't all be together and making too many jokes. Yeah. that's cool. Trying to be nice. That is a cool ball. No, I know. I'm just being a jackass. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is pretty cool. That's a cool bottle. Now I'm like, hmm, I kind of want to hunt it down just because yeah. I think it looks cool. I bet Steve has cool. him at home. We could ask him to bring no, it to I want the full recovery. bottle. You want the full bottle? Yeah, yeah. he wants a moose top. I want, I want collector's value. Yeah, the caribou top. The caribou top. It's a good whiskey. Yeah? It's, it's, a, it's a good whiskey. Really? Yep. That's cool. Cool stuff. So other than that, my fishing highlights are... Long nose sucker. Long nose sucker. I, I, caught, like a, I caught a 19-inch brown. Wow, okay. Which is really good fish on that river. Yeah. The fish of the trip was a 20-inch brown, but wow. I caught a 17 and 18 that was a football, so and then a 19. Tell us, this is a weird question, only nerds would ask this question, but tell us, like, where you picked the fish from. Like, what part, like, what kind of structure was he hanging out on, or, like, what did you, could you tell? So it was ri- trolling. Did you target <laughs> any specific thing to it get was, that? Or? It was weird, because with the high water, it's hard to say, but... I did pretty well have it dialed by the end of the trip. And this was a lot of the guides. Like, this was a lot of me learning with the high water. But, like, any slow seam. Slow seam. So that was your target is a slow seam. A slow seam. And that would be, like, that could be, like, um, in the middle of the river. Like, the current is raging on the left and the right, but there's a seam that's maybe a foot long that's moving really slow. Gotcha. For whatever reason. You want your flies <laughs> to be in that seam. Anyway. That would be like on, on any time the river turned on the inside because the water's going fastest around the outside. So, like, as you get to the inside of the term, there would be like you wanted – if it was too close to the bank, you would normally think – that you want to be close to the bank. Right, on fishing, slow what do they call them, cut banks, right? Yeah, cut yeah, banks yeah. and stuff like that. But on this trip, and that's what it was a, lo- a lot on my last trip, it was throwing a, like, Chernobyl ant with a dropper close to the bank. This trip, it was, like, three to five feet inside of the bank on the slowest seam possible because the closer mm-hmm. on those turns, the closer you got to the bank, it was an eddy. So you didn't want to be in the eddy, yeah. but you wanted to be on that like slowest seam possible. So you think they were hanging out and waiting for the fast water to push things into that eddy? I think given the water, I don't even think it was that. I think it was that was the safest water for them to be in where they didn't have to exert effort. 
Um, and obviously food is a concern too there, sure. but I think like fish in those conditions are going to be holding in the slowest current as to not expend Any as energy much energy as possible. Yeah. Probably pretty far down too. Yeah, very, low. very deep. Yeah. Yeah. How how deep is very deep? Because I know rivers up there are real rivers, and they get pretty deep, whereas down here we have, like, creeks compared. <coughs> Fish in the bottom. And that changed, right? Just right. like on the Guad, you got to move your yeah, indicator. Give us, a, give us like, a, an average. Well, the Smith or the Missouri, in some places we were at, were, was 15 feet deep. We weren't fishing that deep. But, okay. like, the Missouri is yeah. big river. The Smith, I don't know, like, five, six feet deep. Okay. Okay. So yeah. you, can, you can get there with a longer leader. Get there get there with a heavy fly, long leader, maybe a split shot. We didn't fish split shot a lot, but sometimes. Oh, really? Yeah. More heavy flies, like conehead woolly bugger, that thing oh, will get down. Oh, because it gets down. Gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, so if you're not using like hair, like large hairs or anything like that. Yeah. So it was very interesting, but <coughs> had some really good days of fishing. Um, and I have a really cool video we'll put on Instagram. I caught a my fish of the trip was the nineteen inch brown. Mm-hmm. Caught it, pulled over into an eddy to like release it, get a photo, whatever, because it's a really nice fish. And the eddy we pull into is like the one clear spot on the river. Like for whatever reason, like dirt wasn't collecting into this eddy. It was like this like recirculating current that dirt wasn't in. It was like crystal clear. I'm like, I want to get a release video. I had the GoPros. We're like actually going to dunk this underwater because I hadn't done that because it was muddy and you wouldn't be able to see anything. So I, uh, JB was fishing with me that day. We dunked the fish in the water. I'm holding it, and I'm like top-down view, and it like, <gasps> and it uh, out pops a crawfish. <laughs> like, re- like, re- like chunks or a full? No, like a full crawfish. Oh, like damn. it re- regurgitated a crawfish. Did it swim away? The crawfish, it's yeah. not. I'm pretty sure it was dead. Damn. Yeah. I would be like, that, that would be like sick. one point cooler. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. It would have been like a hundred points yeah. cooler. Yeah. <laughs> it was already cool that it like regurgitated just, it while I was holding it. It just fired off uh, uh, the cavalry at you. Right. But you have that on video? I have it on. I, I viewed the video on the GoPro. I was like, please, 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 please be on video. And I went back like at camp that night and like looked on the screen. And I was like, it was there perfect. The only bad thing was... The fish didn't like swim away. It like as when I released it, it went down and then <laughs> under the boat. So like I didn't get the no, swim away okay. shot, but I got the regurgitation that's shot. That's still a cool shot. Yeah, yeah. that's that's, cool. a, that's a cooler shot. Yeah, there's a middle, a million of them. Just Carson away. caught a six inch brown trout with a tail sticking out of its mouth of another fish that that trout had eaten, and that fish ate a black woolly bugger about this big, a with six the inch their fit tail hanging out of its mouth. And it ate a big woolly bugger. Dude, I feel like the small fish are always the most aggressive ones. They don't care. Yeah, they're either dumb or they're just trying to get big yeah. fast. He was trying yeah. to get big. Yeah. I think he was trying to get bigger. Think he, I think he was dumb. Maybe a bit of both. Haven't learned. Just a little yeah. chilling. Little babies. <coughs> yep. Yeah. Whatever. Nothing's That's really cool. yet. Yeah, they're invincible. Teenagers are invincible. That's right. I was. I still am. Not really. No. You hit 30 and you're like, okay. It's just yeah. time. You hit 30 and you start yawning at 9.40 exactly. in the <laughs> evening. They just wait it out. Yeah. I, p- I packed some stuff that wasn't needed. Like so, what? Well, again, I'm everything I'm doing is comparing to the last trip I went on. Right. Last trip I went on, didn't touch waders, didn't touch boots, all just like fishing pants in the boat. The water was low, so it took us a long time to float. This trip rained on us a little bit. 
where it was wearing waders because of the rain. So, like, wore waders almost every day I was fishing. Oh, really? And it wasn't as hot during the day. Oh, so you could get away with wearing the waders. So you could get away with wearing the waders. But it also, what threw me off was it wasn't as cold at night. So, like, on my last trip. It was more neutral. It was, like, you know, like, 90 during the day, and it'd be, like, 30 at night. It's, like, this vast difference. Like, at night, I'm, like, either by the campfire because it's cold, and I'm, like, zipping into my bag and, like, hunkering down. This trip, like, on night two, I, like, woke up, like, sweating. It was, like, everything. <laughs> like, you know, unzip my bag. And then the rest of the trip, I never even zipped up my bag. Really? I just kind of, like, used it as a cover as needed. Yeah. And so it didn't get as cold. So, like, I packed a ton of cold weather gear. Never even. That's like, fine. the most I wore was, like, a vest. Maybe a light jacket, like, on some mornings where it was, yeah. like, a little chill. But, like, mostly wore a vest for most of the trip. So that was that was weird that there wasn't, like, this... It was more like neutral the whole trip. Did you obviously you checked like weather forecasts and stuff before you went, right? Did it just change or were you just were you packing for last year? Yeah. The, the last time you went. I was packing for the last time I went. Basically they say it could snow on you in June or it could be ninety degrees. So you should bring everything. Have, you have to we were weather. checking the forecast, and what happened? The forecast didn't even happen on the trip. Really? It was expected mm. to rain the whole time we were on. Like the forecast said Rain the whole trip, yeah. and we were. I was like, "Oh God, R- rain!" Like the whole trip is gonna be pretty brutal, because everything like once your stuff gets wet and it continues oh, to rain, yeah. it's like wet the whole trip. But it only rained on us the first day, so you know it's hard to trust the weather forecast. Like, like the guide said, the the Smith is kind of on an island, and it's hard to predict and hard to figure out what's going on and stuff like that. I did not get the drone permit this time, although I went through a great effort to try to get it, so no drone footage. Mm-hmm. But I did film a lot of the trip, so I'm going to throw it together <coughs> a, 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 one singular YouTube video for the whole trip as opposed to a trip for each day. Gotcha. How much How much footage did you think you got? Uh, probably enough for like a 10 to 15 minute video. Oh, cool. I also got the golfing footage, which is cool. That's cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's neat so to like, I, right I, there. like throw that in for like a little bit of the... Yeah, put timestamps in there so I can skip it. It was cool, man. Overall, it was good. Played a lot of Rook at night. You guys played Rook? Rook, maybe. I had. Familiar. It's a card game. Yeah, I think I. They don't use a deck of cards. They use their own cards, kind of like Uno, like uses its own deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Apparently, Carson plays it a lot with his in laws. So he brought a deck of cards, and we ended a group of us ended up playing quite a bit. So that was fun, like, after dinner, sit and play cards. We played – someone had taken washers. We played washers a little bit. Wash? Wow, really? Yeah, so what they did is they uh, – because a lot of the campsites were, like, kind of sandy, mm-hmm. um, they oh, okay. had a PVC. Yeah. Like, about Just that. And, and they'd, like, dig out a hole and then, like, fill the sand in around it. Oh, yeah. And then, like, make a little box. Maybe pack it. Pack it tight, yes. and then like you can with your fingers, you can make lines of a box. So like that, that's your washer's oh, that's area. Cool. That's a good idea. And that's it really was right. like, uh, like they had it like the washers and the two pieces of PVC like all fit on like a rope that they had tied. Yeah. So you could just grab this rope and you have it all, and it packs up to about you know about that big. That's might, an easy, easy little game. To bring. Easy, easy that's little cool. ring. Yeah. Might start <coughs> packing that out. I know. Yeah, it's right? a pretty good. Game. It's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. I'm trying to think else if anything else crazy. Oh, one other crazy thing. I caught on a nymphing rig a fish on each nymph at the same time. The same time? Yes. What, what kind cool. of fish? One rainbow trout, one brown trout. No way. Yes. I don't believe it. Picture? Yes. Unfortunately not. Yeah, that's what I thought. It didn't happen. I think I have a video of... A little bit. So what happened was we I did not realize, because the water was muddy, there were two fish on. But the rig was acting weird. Like, fighting it was very awkward. Yeah. And I was like, what is going on? Maybe this is, like, a really big whitefish. Uh-huh. Because it was, like, keeping down. Um, but they were like, ah, it's not, like, pulling like a whitefish. So we had a hard time. So I finally get the fish up, and he goes to scoop. And he scoops the brown trout into the net. And hanging over on the dropper was the rainbow trout. Oh. So it was like, so he picked the net up, and one was in the net, and one was, like, hanging off the outside of the net. They had to have been smaller fish, though, right? So the brown trout was probably, like, 8 inches, and the rainbow trout was probably, like, 13, 14 inches. That's pretty cool. So they weren't weren't big fish. But when he picked the net up, the other fish had broken off. Oh. So that's what ended up happening. That's like catching a, well... I was going to say it's like catching a, a large mouth and a small mouth at the same time, but it's not because that doesn't happen. Have you right. done that before? No. Oh. Not here. I mean, I'm sure it happens. But it's kind of like catching a panfish like and having a bass eat it. I've had that happen. Yeah. Like mm. maybe like once or twice. Yeah, I always worry about it's on that the line. happening. Like what happens if I like I catch a panfish? You never catch the bass. Giant yeah, because really the, yeah, they never get the hook in them. They just like True. eat it, and yeah. they go along for a ride, and they're like, this is dumb, and they spit it out. Yeah. Uh, so did you get that on, like, GoPro footage or anything? I think I do. I haven't reviewed the footage, <sighs> but I'm cool. pretty sure I have it yeah, on I GoPro footage. It. Fingers yep. crossed that you did because that'd, cool. yep. that'd be cool. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, One guy caught um, Mike on the trip. So the main fish there, brown trout, rainbow trout, whitefish. It's Mike It's okay. pretty much the expectation. Is he all right Different though? Mike. So Mike, somebody caught him. <laughs> How's his mouth? <laughs> so Mike caught, not also a, caught not a, even a dad yet <laughs> brook trout <laughs> on the first day, which is extremely a rare. Brook trout. A brook trout. Wow. So most of the best guess is like the brook trout are in the Smith. They mainly stay in the feeder creeks, like way up high. Right. And on the last day, he caught a cutthroat. No way. Yes. That's funny. So he caught he caught all four species on the trip. That's wow. Yeah, and a whitefish, obviously. We caught lots of whitefish. Yeah. So. That's cool, though. Yep. That's Can't awesome, though. You, so you going uh, back anytime soon? Nothing planned right now. Yeah. But the group was pretty much like, everybody was like, we'd do it again with Steve. And I'm like, let's go. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's make it happen. I'm a little disappointed that my mic joke just, like, went right over your head. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm too focused. Right over your head. Didn't even. Kind of mad at you now. Well, any uh, any announcements we need to make? Ironfly? Yes. When? October 21st. Where? Faust Brewing. In New Braunfels. Company? I don't, it, uh, right. It w- We kept saying Faust Street. Street is not. Okay, a okay, yeah, because right. it's confused, right. it keeps yep. confusing me. Yeah. Faust Brewing <laughs> Company. Oh, yep. Ironfly. It's going to be cool. What is it? An Ironfly. Fly tying competition where we give you a random selection of materials and you tie the best fly possible without knowing what those materials are going it into it. It could literally be a hot and spicy chicken sandwich wrapper. Oh. It could be. That's not bad. It could be done. Yeah, it, could it could be, be done. It could be done. I like it. 
It could be a troll doll. Could be a troll doll. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that, that crap for hair that would go over pretty well. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a film. There's going to be live music. There's going to be beer. There's going to be raffle items, silent auctions. Tattoo artists. Tattoo artists. Uh, what we and have some people yeah. have been donating some items. So let me give you guys a little taste of who's Ooh, yeah, of what we got coming in. Not gonna say the name just yet because we haven't finalized it a hundred percent. But uh, there's rumor on the streets we're getting a custom rod made. Yes, oh. to raffle off. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yep, we are also gonna get a custom knife. And maybe a box of custom flies. And a box of custom flies. And we have yeah. a couple guided trips that have been donated. Yep. And we have a couple other things in the works. Nice. Yeah. It's going to be great. I'm excited. Cool. So, more info to come. But October 21st, mark your calendar. Ironfly. Mark your where calendar. Where you need to be. Sounds mark great. your calendar. In New Braunfels. In New Braunfels. Specifically. The other thing is Honey Hole Hates Trash is still going on. Yep. We had another donation added to the pot. Uh-oh. Oh. Remote Designs have oh. donated some waterproof packs <laughs> oh, to the pot. So as of right now, in the pot for Honey Hole H Trash is, and this is different from Ironfly, just to be clear to you guys listening, Ironfly and Honey Hole H Trash are two different things. So Honey Hole H Trash. As of right now, Don Anderson has donated a guided carp fly fishing trip in the hill country, it's one thing. We have fly tying kits from Tough Fly. And we have remote designs. Waterproof? Waterproof packs. That is badass. Actually. It is cool. And we're going to pick multiple winners. Do we have one like right here right now that I can look at? I do not have it right here right now. Oh, okay. They're actually out of stock. They were very apologetic. <laughs> they were like, we're so sorry, but we don't have any in stock. Like, can we wait till August? I'm like, dude, we're doing the drawing in December, so yeah. we're good. Yeah, they mail them to me before December, and we're we're fine. Yeah, I'm in the market for a smaller dry bag. I'd like to see those. I would like to shout out the wildlife out the guys at Wildlife Outdoors podcast. Wow. Wildlife Outdoors. Um, I listened to I drove to El Paso and back last week, so I listened to a lot of podcasts. I think I listened to that one. Yeah, let me listen to all of Rollcast. I binge theirs. Yeah, Wildlife Outdoors podcast. I I had it right. I don't know why I was questioning myself, but um, they are the ones that uh, connected us to Remote Designs. They have a connection there, and they sent me an email, and uh, it's two guys, Russell and Jose, and they wanted to help out, and... Like, we can donate flies, we can get raffle items, and what we ended up doing is they reached out to Remote Designs on behalf of us for Honey Hole Hitch Trash and basically made the connection and got them to donate for Honey Hole Hitch Trash. So I think it's fair to say that we wouldn't have them without Wildlife Outdoors, and that's, like, them as well donating, so... Um, go check out their podcast. They have a couple episodes out now. Yeah, I just scrolled through the episodes. I did not listen to them, but it definitely looks like I've listened to two episodes. Yep, I definitely see listened some to it. Saltwater fishing, getting there. started in fly fishing. This looks like a good thing to listen to. Yep, I'm gonna check it out for sure. Subscribe. So done. What you need to do for Honey Hole Hates Trash is go fishing. While you're fishing, pick up some trash. After you're done fishing, take a photo of that of said trash. 
go to our website, honeyholeangling.com, or click the link in our Instagram bio, and then select Honey Hole Hates Trash. Fill out the Google form, upload a photo, you're entered to win. As many times as you pick up trash, you will get an entry for every time. Let me rephrase that. That was the worst wording possible. Every time you pick up trash, you get an entry to win. So if you pick up trash Is five times, you get five entries, per, five like chances to one win. One per day, though, right? Per day. Yes. Per day. And every time, and you have to submit the form. Yep, you have to submit the form. Because if you don't submit the form, we don't know you picked up trash. Right. So mm-hmm. send us those photos. The drawing's going to be at the end of the year, and we're going to be giving away those great prizes as well as anything else that anybody wants to donate. We've already given away uh, some gear from Loon Outdoors. We've already given away some flies from Just Flies Company. So if anybody else wants to throw it in the pot, great. We're happy to take it and happy to give it away. I don't have the updated stats. I'll give that to you guys the next time so we can just kind of keep an update on how much trash has been picked up. But um, All right. Well, we will catch you guys on the flip side. Yep. Look in the description below to find links to our website, online store, YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Discord server, and blog. Please send your podcast questions and inquiries to info at honeyholeangling.com. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you again next week.